Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I'm talking to the wonderful Anna Pineda. We are talking about the process of writing and taking a mindful approach to that. So in this episode, we talk about fear, we talk about imposter syndrome, and Anna also shares a genius tip of how not to edit yourself. So I do hope you enjoy this episode. So lovely to get to speak to you because um, this is the first time we've had a chat. So this is this is lovely. You've been emailing me um, and because uh, I was I stalked you online and um, I really liked the kind of holistic approach that you were taking to science and scientific research. Um, and I'm so pleased that you said yes to this woman who just sent you a random email. <laughs> so thank oh. you for that. <laughs> no, thanks to you for inviting me. I'm uh, I'm always honored when I, I get this kind of uh, of invitation. So yeah, so glad to be here with you and uh, and having the chance to speak with you and with your audience. Brilliant, brilliant. So in a minute, we're going to get into mindful scientific writing. Um, but first of all, we always ask people to tell us a little bit about their story. So can you tell us about your own journey? kind of through the PhD, but also the wider journey too, because I know there's, there's there's lots that you've brought to your work as a scientist. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, so indeed. I, I did my PhD already more than 15 years ago. I don't even want to think how, how long ago. And uh, that was in Spain, in the University of Alicante, where I'm from, on the topic of uh, biological control, insects, plants, completely unrelated to uh, mindful scientific writing. And I loved it. It was hard, like I think most PhDs experience. Uh, but I have to say at that time, my my main struggles were more of a skills type of struggle. Uh, for writing, for example, I always said I, I had to learn to write by reading other papers and I had mm. to learn statistics kind of on my own, internet, Google books. There were not many courses I could take. I think now that 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 scenario has changed, eh? and and you can take many courses to get all these skills. Mm. But it was quite okay. I always say my biggest struggles started later as a postdoc, actually. Right. Yeah. Do you want to hear them? Oh yeah. Tell us. <laughs> tell us your. Tell us your troubles. This is what this is what we like here. Yeah. No. So it's it's again something that is very common. And uh, the University of Alicante is kind of a small university, and I was in a small group. And then I I'm I got a Marie Curie, which is quite a prestigious grant in uh, Europe, and moved to the Netherlands to a very good university, an amazing lab. And it was there being surrounded by all these top scientists. All my colleagues were amazing. And when I started feeling the imposter syndrome big times, 
Right. Um, like many people before they know about this world and, and that this thing exists, I, I thought that it was just me and uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it was a thing. And then I remember the first day I, I heard the, the word imposter syndrome and all the all the all the things and, and how you can recognize it. I was like, oh my gosh, it's all me. And then you hear that. Now I know that 80% of scientists suffer it eh? and uh, you feel much less alone. But that was a a big thing. And then, of course, also later in the postdoc is when I have two kids and I have my two kids and just just managing everything, right? The kids, Mm -hmm. the experiments, the writing, the life. It was very overwhelming. That's when when the biggest struggles came. Mm. Mm. So eighty percent of scientists. Wow, that's a, yes. that's a that's a strong statistic, and um, and I think as you say, actually the the most pernicious thing about imposter syndrome is it is you think it is just you, um, and then then you think oh well then it must be something I'm doing, <laughs> it's my exactly. problem. Whereas actually, there's all sorts of systemic reasons why you are feeling the way that you're feeling you're not just making it up there are things in place that are making you feel that way um and yeah if you're a scientist 80 percent of people are feeling that blimey i'm gonna sit with that for a minute um so your you your work now you do a lot of work in terms of supporting um researchers particularly working in the sciences um and I know I, I was wondering whether you were going to talk about a bit about your work with, with as a kind of yoga instructor and your kind of your interest outside. Actually, do you know what? I, I, I'm going to ask you about that. Tell us about that. Tell us about yeah. that. It's a way into this kind of this sense of mindful approach, because I think what's brilliant about you is you have these kind of these parallel lives that you that you bring together in your work. So can you tell us a bit about your journey into yoga, actually, and kind of and and what that's for? Yes, Emma, totally. So I started doing yoga actually during my first years of PhD, mm. more out of a health thing because I have a rheumatic problem and the doctor recommended me to, to practice yoga, yes, for the more the flexibility, etc. But then quickly I also noticed the the impact that I was having on my emotional health. I don't know if mental health, but at least an emotional health I was uh, I, I was just seeing that I was in a much calmer state, uh, happier, more present on what I was doing. It's very, very easy, right, to fall into this trap of, oh, I'm very busy. I'm, I'm, I'm now is life is not good. But when I finish this experiment, when uh, you know, when I get the next uh, project, I will slow down. I will, life will be easier. Well, it's never easy, right? We need to just stay in the moment, try to make most of it. And throughout all this career, I always, well, I was on and off with practicing yoga, meditation, but I noticed always when I was into the practice, I was feeling better. And it was at that moment when I I was there not knowing what to do, trying to continue in science, finding a job in in some company. And my husband had a, a job offer and we moved to Southeast Asia. And I thought, well, you know, this is the moment to become a yoga teacher and more with the idea of learning for myself. Eh? And it was during the training I was doing for uh, to become a yoga teacher that uh, I had to write also uh, two papers I wanted to finish. 
And it was so difficult. And I thought, well, I'm going to start practicing all the things I'm learning here mm-hmm. on about calming your mind, moving your body as part also of my routine to just get the motivation and get the, the calm and the strength to, to finish those papers. It worked very well. And it was also during that training that I thought, oh, this is actually a great format to write, to combine both, eh? the, doing yoga, doing meditation, and doing some writing and, and using yoga meditation during your mindful breaks. Mm. And that's how the first course of I Focus and Write was born. It was more of a yoga and writing course that I I hosted in person at the University of Alicante. And, and the students were very curious and just like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, like now it's almost three years ago that that happened. And from the more focus on yoga, moving more into the mindful aspect, because that's what I mean. When you say yoga, people imagine that they need to be upside down, eh? writing their papers, and that's not what I mean. And uh, yeah, the, the mindful aspect is something that we can understand better, eh? how it can help us. Yes. Yeah, so then uh, I focus on right was born, and since then, indeed, we uh, I have the two main courses, one about writing and one about productivity, and then we also do smaller things. In June, I will be hosting a, a virtual writing retreat that we have done a couple of times and people love. And yeah, and some other smaller workshops. And it has been amazing, honestly. Yeah, so we are, I'm a, I am a big yoga fan and I, oh. and we've talked about this a lot on the, on the podcast. Um, and so uh, it'll be no surprise to people that I want to bang on about it again. But I think, but I think <laughs> that... What's what's really interesting then in that story is the way in which you that that kind of parallel training then led you into thinking about how they can it can sort of speak to each other and its sense of a kind of of a a program of being really which is supporting your writing. Um, so let's think now then about this mindful scientific writing. Tell tell me what you mean by that, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and because uh, it's really interesting. Yes, no, and I, and I love it. it comes a bit up from from those struggles that I had myself during the the process eh, in uh, from PhD to one postdoc, second postdoc, and also from supervising others. And in the beginning, you think that writing you just need the skills, right? Knowing what to write well, and and sometimes you feel like, but I know to write, right? Right? We we learn when we are seven year uh, seven years old. But then you know how to write, you have gone to university, and but then when you sit there and write your paper, sometimes you cannot. Stephen was telling me the other day, I know that what I want to say, but my hand doesn't want to move. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. then, then you start noticing that there are other things that you need to put in place, and that's your mind and your mindset. Eh? And that's where, where the mindful part of the of the mindful scientific writing comes. So it's not just the writing we need to manage, but also this mindset. And uh, we can talk a bit more about, about those details. And then the third component is the scientific component. And it's uh, yeah, not only acknowledging that we are human beings, but as scientists, we also need to manage all our scientific life and, and all these other tasks that we have from doing experiments, some some vast teaching, uh, maybe supervising people, preparing talks. So there is a lot of work that as a scientist you need to do and that is actually interfering with your writing day after day. 
So everyone here struggling to write probably have noticed also all 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 that that struggle that comes from the scientific life and the projects in there. Mm. Mm. So I love I love this sense of the of the mindset. Keep you know again another thing that we go on and on about but this sense of the, the PhD is is a mindset game. It really is. Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit then about those the, the tools that you recommend to put in place as you are, as you say, trying to manage other things in your life as well as your writing life. But this kind of bringing yourself into the, the writing mindset. Yes. So I always recommend to follow what I call the mindful approach eh, to, to being an academic. And it starts first with awareness, being aware of what is going on, what is happening what is happening also with your thoughts? Eh? When when you seek to write and you cannot, asking questions to yourself like why am not why can I not write? What is happening? Why why is, is uh, I'm stopping and and what it is there? And then comes the argument back, the argumentation when you talk with those thoughts where you show yourself, you prove yourself evidence that those thoughts might not be right. And then I always say. Keep taking action, keep moving. Eh? And once you identify what it is, what is stopping, you say, okay, you are there. I'm going to keep doing this. So keep writing, keep sending that email that makes us scared. And the awareness of maybe these are topics you have spoken about in the in the podcast because they are very common. Eh? But the, the common things that stop us, I keep asking everyone around me, what is stopping you from writing? Eh? Mm. So a big one is fear. I don't know. Have you been talking about fear in the podcast? Yeah, I, yeah. I think it, yes. I think it's here every episode, isn't it? But uh-huh. I, again, I don't think I don't think we can talk about it enough because I think it's it it is rife, and I think lots of lots of that journey of that PhD journey is a journey through fear, and hopefully yes. out the other side, but definitely through fear. So, so tell us tell us about fear and what to do about it, Anna. <laughs> Yeah, so the fear is a big one. Eh? And yeah, here we yeah. have, uh, the big one is the fear of rejection and the fear of failure. Eh? And I always say also, most scientists used to be also very good students. Many were top of the class. So we mm. were not used to fail. Mm. And suddenly you are doing your PhD and it's full of the best uh, the best students of the class. Everybody is amazing. And, uh, and, and yeah, the, this fear of failing... Fear of rejection, for example, when you send your paper and you are there scared, waiting for the, the feedback, they're looking at the red ink all around, and that text that took you months maybe to create suddenly put all the other way around. Mm. So there, there is a fear for that, for example. And uh, it's fascinating that it's not re- it's not real. I mean, it's real, the fear, but it comes from from uh, an evolutionary aspect of, of when we had to have that fear to survive. And now we are mm. recognizing things as dangerous things that are not. And mm. this fear is a big thing. And what I always say is just recognizing that what is stopping you is fear. And it's not that you have to finish that presentation now that is for a conference that is in two months. And just to say, no, 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 this is just an excuse. What I'm having is fear of, of being rejected or of being criticized. And, and then just arguing and, and signaling also to your body, to your mind that you are safe. 
that you can handle that, that this is not a life-threatening uh, situation. Eh? Yeah. And like I say, keep moving, keep keep doing the thing that scares us. And that's a, a way that I, I, I always experience and teach how to, to defeat the fear. Yes, I think and, that's into the bigger picture. Really helpful, isn't it? And like you say, it's like actually really what it's about is not what you think it's about on the surface. Exactly. And everybody has it. And uh, like even when you speak with senior scientists, they also say that before giving a talk, they are also nervous, they are also anxious and, and sweating. And I also say always like also this fear and fear of rejection is um, we have it, and also imposter syndrome. Eh? It, it really pops up when, for example, we are doing something new, something that is difficult, uh, something that you haven't done before. And we also need to look at it from the positive side that you are growing, you are expanding your comfort mm -hmm. zone. And mm -hmm. let, next time you will be less afraid and less careless, anxious. So seeing also mm -hmm. like, okay, this is because I'm growing. I'm doing something that is difficult. The PhD is very difficult. It's normal mm -hmm. that it's full of fear around. And I love I love that statement of like you are growing. Because I think this sense of people go on to the PhD and don't necessarily expect to grow. And it's it's a growth boot camp, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> You're going to going to grow in the most amazing ways, but of course it's going to be painful along the way. So I think that's that kind of mantra of I'm growing, I am growing. Yes. That's what's happening. I, I think that's really lovely. Um and I think I'm interested that this is you're particularly applying this into into the sciences. And do you think there are any particular challenges in terms of this mindful way of working in the in the sciences? Yeah, so well, what I notice and especially regarding writing is that uh, like I'm a biologist, my my students are from different fields, but mostly the STM fields. So we imagine being a scientist like someone who is in the lab, someone who is in the field, or maybe you are coding, and suddenly you spend most of your time writing. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. That's not how I picture it. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is, I see that there is a lot of struggle coming from that. And also mm -hmm. something that uh, maybe we have been telling that uh, to ourselves since we were uh, children. That, oh, I'm more of a numbers or a maths person. I'm not such a writing. I'm not good at writing. So many of my students tell to them or think that they are not good at writing. Mm -hmm. Mm. And well, they also think that then later they are not good at the statistics or they are not good at presenting. But again, this is just a mindset thing. Those things are all skills. And first you can learn them. And then the more you practice, the better you get at it. And But still, it's something that yeah, we kind of say that to ourselves for many years up to the point that we believe it. And we need to break that cycle. Yes, I think that thing is, isn't it, as a PhD researcher, you are kind of primarily a writer. <laughs> yes. That, that is what you've kind of signed up for um, and 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 supporting yourself in that as you are growing, so as you're growing into your writing self. Um, and I think it's really interesting, as you say, in terms of how it brings up some really early stuff of like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the writer, I'm, 
I'm the numbers person. Yeah. Um, and actually, this is an opportunity to be both, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And um, also something like when you approach it, writing from that point, you don't feel it like something enjoyable. And also mm. some of my students come because they have been, uh, maybe they are, for example, at the postdoc and they have developed this relationship with writing out of uh, punishment. Like, oh, I really would like to be doing my experiments, but I have to write. Mm. Or the the pressure at the end of the PhD when you really need to write and you are there under pressure. So I always highlight we need to change that. We need to change the relationship with writing. And I always recommend them to start a setting like a, a writing routine that they enjoy. Have doing it in the right environment with a nice drink, listening to some nice music to change that. Because as a scientist, you are a writer. And uh, in, uh, for those that want to continue uh, in an academic career, they will need to write much more. And But that relationship can change to the point that you love writing. And I love when that happens. So cool, just yeah, that's setting up to be something that you enjoy, something yeah. that you enjoy. Um, gorgeous. Um, so this idea then of, of being mindful, being aware, facing the fear, keep yes. going, keep taking action, and, and having that kind of more mindful approach. There's a, there's so much in there. Um, but I always ask. <laughs> rather unfairly I know but if there is a, if there's a top tip um for us to to take away um about this about this approach yes yeah, so I, I that that's difficult eh, to it is. Only it is. One. <laughs> that's why I wait till the end because I know yeah. it's difficult and people will hang up on me but um uh yeah I, I think it's just something to put into action I suppose really um yes. I have an, an idea I'm so there is this thing that always when I share it is kind of mind-blowing because most people don't do it that way and then they are surprised. And it's that most of us are multitasking all the time when we are writing in the mm -hmm. sense that we often write one sentence, then we read that sentence, we edit it, we write two more sentences and we go back, read everything, edit everything. And uh, writing and editing are two different things. And there are two different processes in our brain. And when we are doing that uh, changing all the time, we are multitasking and multitasking is not effective. And if on top of that, we add the moment of, oh, and now I need to put the reference. And who said that? And then you go to Google, mm -hmm. search for the reference, you print the paper, you go to the printer, you... You know, you start reading the paper and you find 20 more references. In the end, what you might have planned like a writing morning is not anymore. It's a mix of editing, writing, printing, uh, reading. It's, it's really mixed. So I always recommend put a timer, practice free writing, which is just writing out of your mind, whatever is coming. Don't stop. Don't read what you write. This is super difficult. All my students say, I am, but I cannot. And one of my students shared a very good tip with that, and it's to change the font color. When you do that, just put it white, and you cannot read it. Ooh, and, that's clever. Right? It, it didn't come from me. It was one of my dear students. That, so uh, clever. Yes. And it works wonder. Yes. And then after, once the timer goes, you go back, edit all that piece, 
and then just go back again and then start writing another piece. And then when you don't know a reference, just write XXX. Sometimes we don't even know if someone has done that research. So I sometimes uh, write like check if someone has done this research, you know, for another moment to do that check. And uh, yeah, and then with that, you will see how it goes much faster, the, the writing process and with less judgment because the part of editing is very judgmental, right? You are there activating the critical thinker in your mind and uh, yeah, and it can be more enjoyable. Well, I think that white typing is genius, genius. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there will be so many people who can relate to that, that kind of, because it's like, it's like pressing the accelerator and the brake at the same time, isn't it? If you're exactly. generating editing and it becomes very juddery and, and really, as you say, then the end of the morning comes, you're like, blimey, I've not done anything. So this sense of, of moving forward, like you said before, keeping in action. Awesome. 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 Um, and I thank you so much for your time. I know this no. is going to be good. Um, <laughs> Thanks to you, Emma. And um, we will have um, your details in the show notes. So thank you. Thank you for being here so much. Um, and thank you all for listening. Thank you.